everyone. I welcome you to ELP's first podcast on food law. The Indian food processing and supply industry is booming in light of various technological developments, changing global trends, consumer health consciousness, new business models like cloud kitchens, and sheer widespread availability have garnered a conducive environment for this boom. In today's podcast, we discuss the regulatory framework built around food law. Who is India's food regulator? Who is regulated by these laws? What are the subjects regulated? Is it limited to food adulteration or does it extend to more? Simply put, today's podcast is intended to provide an introduction to food law to impress upon listeners the wide scope and impact that this consumer-oriented legislation has on the food industry. With me today is Shweta Rajan from Economic Laws Practice, who will throw some light on the subject based on her experience. Hi, Shweta. Hi, Samyukta. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, today's subject is certainly relevant in the present times and is only going to gain more and more traction given the current trends. We are seeing the food regulator acting robustly, introducing new rules, amendments, and clarifications almost on a weekly basis. Uh, so let's start. Sure. So to start with, can you just provide an overview of the governing laws and the authorities in the food industry in India? Sure. In India, the Food Safety and Standards Authority of India is the nodal agency responsible for formulating and implementing various regulations, standards and guidelines applicability, applicable to the food business operators. A food business operator includes importer, manufacturer or processor, packager or other middlemen handling storage, transportation or distribution of foods. The FSSAI strives to facilitate compliance through registration, licensing, inspection, and an improved laboratory network. It is also important for driving public health initiatives through regulations. So the regulation standards and guidelines are constantly evolving with time. Till 2006, India's food governance was limited only to food safety-related aspects under the Prevention of Food Adulteration Act 1954 and certain product-specific orders for milk, meat products, etc. However, uh, since the enactment of the FSS Act to, uh, 2006 and the introduction of the FSSAI, their scope has widened considerably. Thank you for that. My next question is, so who is regulated by the FSSAI? In other words, who is liable to be registered or licensed by them? So there are two concepts actually under FSSAI. Licensing and registration, I'll take up each of these one by one. Registration is required for petty businesses, that is small businesses, food businesses whose annual turnover does not exceed 12 lakhs. The entities would be required to comply only with certain basic hygiene and safety requirements once registered. Other food business operators are required to be licensed with the central or state licensing authority, depending on the nature and the scale of their business. For example, large-scale manufacturers or handlers, importers or EOUs, that is export-oriented units, are required to be licensed with the, with the central authority. Typically, licensing requires a higher fee, more extensive uh, level of application procedures and compliances as compared to a registration. Understood. So, what are the key areas of food law that the FSSAI regulates? Okay, so this is important. The FSSAI regulations extend to various areas from the point of manufacture or import of foods 
to wholesale and retail distribution, including uh, relating to logistics. The regulations are aimed towards protecting consumer interests and hence also extends to aspects such as packaging, labeling, advertising, foods, etc. I'll touch upon some of these in a little detail. Firstly, the standards and additives regulations. These regulations are amongst the most important and lay out detailed standards for food products, food ingredients, and permissible food additives for each food category. These guidelines are used as a, ba as a base code to analyze the ingredients and additives that may or may not be added to a particular food product, including colors, flavors, preservatives, etc. Where a specific category has not been carved out, the food may be classified as a proprietary food and any standardized ingredients that may be used with additives permitted for the closest category. The Good Manufacturing Practices list is a list which provides a set of additives that may be added to any food while complying with certain conditions. It is pertinent here to note that the food categorizations and standards in India are largely based on the Codex. Uh, now, Codex is an international food code prepared with the support of the FAO, which is a food and agriculture organization uh, under the U United Nations, and the WHO, the World Health Organization. And it's recognized in the WTO agreement uh, on the application of sanitary and phytosanitary measures as the international reference points for food safety. Secondly, import regulations. FSSA authorities are present at most ports to check and clear imported food products. Their role includes ensuring that importers are licensed, com uh, are compliant with labeling requirements. There is inspection and sampling of imports to check conformity with standards and other provisions. Interestingly, uh, uh, in the case of labeling of food products, the FSSA authorities permit certain declarations to be affixed at the customs bonded warehouse prior to clearance of the goods for home consumptions. These are referred to as rectifiable declarations. Thirdly, the advertising and claims regulations. The aim of these regulations is to establish a fairness in claims and advertisements of food products and make food businesses accountable for such claims and advertisements to protect consumer interests. These regulations contain general principles for claims and ads, criteria for nutrition claims, health or dietary claims, etc. Food, uh, further, the regulations also provide a procedure for approval of food, uh, approval of claims and grievance redressal in the case of non-compliance. Fourthly, the labeling and display regulations. These regulations mandatorily uh, prescribe, sorry, these regulations prescribe mandatory uh, declarations on labels of food products, including trade name, veg and non-veg logo, a list of ingredients and food additives, name and address of manufacturer, etc. These are also important since non-compliance of labeling requirements may also attract penalties. Uh, fifth, uh, the packaging regulations. The packaging regulations uh, regulate the packaging, which will protect the food content from microbiological, chemical, uh, physical, and atmospheric contamination and preserve food, uh, thereby again protecting consumer health. Good packaging also ensures that there is no change in sensory properties or composition of food when packed. Uh, the FSSAI also issued uh, regulations for specific food categories, which are amended from time to time to keep with the latest industry uh, trends. For example, there are uh, uh, regulations pertaining to nutraceuticals and organic foods, um, which have been recently introduced. 
There are also regulations for specific to alcoholic beverages, which are amended from time to time to accommodate a lot of innovative products such as flavored beer, low alcoholic drinks, etc. Uh, also, labeling requirements have been amended to include a vegan logo along with the veg and non-veg logo that has been there from before. So evidently, the regulations issued and the role played by the FSSAI is constantly evolving. Thank you for that, Shweta. That does help us understand the scope of the regulations quite well. So if an FPO does not comply with the requirements under these regulations, what kind of consequences would they face? Um, the FSSA Act actually lays down various types of offences and the consequences for each of these offences. Uh, uh, these consequences, uh, consequences would vary based on the seriousness of the offence or the nature of involvement of that party concerned. Uh, offences such as sale of substandard or misbranded food attracts a monetary penalty on the manufacturer, importer or seller. Unhygienic or unsanitary practices by a manufacturer could also attract a monetary penalty. On the other hand, more serious offences such as those where food is considered to be unsafe for consumption or where a business is carried out without a license uh, may also additionally attract a criminal prosecution, that is imprisonment. Another important aspect that I would like to just uh, highlight here is the provision for recall of foods in certain situations, especially in context of unsafe foods. Uh, in case there is evidence or suspicion of a batch of food being unsafe for consumption, an FBO, that is a food business operator, may initiate a food recall procedure to remove the food from all stages of, all stages of the food chain, including from customers. Detailed regulations and guidelines have been issued on this. Um, I think the most famous case of food recall in recent times is the case of uh, Nestle's Maggie noodles. Yes, the Maggie incident was widely publicized. It does go to show how important it is that all the products in the market are well in compliance with the regulations. Uh, lastly, would you have any other points or closing remarks that you would like to touch upon? Yes, sure. Um, it is important to note that the FSSCI law in India is a consumer protection legislation after all. Given this, authorities are quite receptive and open to discussions with uh, FBOs to address any concerns that they may have. We have observed that filing representations before the authorities is a fairly effective recourse to seek clarification or action from the authorities. Um, for instance, till recently, uh, where a lab report found some parameters in a food sample to be non-compliant, all the parameters would uh, have to be once again tested by a second referral lab. This was a very time-consuming and ineffective uh, process. Uh, upon various representations filed in this regard, a clarification has recently been issued to the effect that only those parameters found to be non-conformant in the primary lab report will be tested by the referral lab report and the analysis report of the referral lab will be final. Uh, further, courts have also recognized that the FSSEI, being a watchdog for the consumer as well as the regulator of the food industry, should not take any adversarial approach and ought to act in a fair and transparent manner that encourages foreign investment into India. This was specifically held by the Honorable uh, Bombay High Court in a 2015 decision of Corner Ricard versus Union of India. In this matter, the FSSEI had refused to issue an NOC for import uh, by the company on the grounds that the additive tartaric acid used in their uh, product was not mentioned in the appendix of the regulations. 
the court uh, however held that it is sufficient if the tartaric acid is permitted to be added either in the additive regulations or in the appendix further the indian bureau of standards recognizes tartaric acid as a permissible additive uh, for that set of products the alcoholic regulations which were at the draft stage at that stage uh, were also referred to and a holistic view was adopted in favor of the importer so such decisions actually bring to light the importance of the role played by the fssai in the food industry and the position in law uh, enunciated by the courts that fss provisions are to be read in a purposive manner to secure consumer thank you shweta for sharing your thoughts with this we hope to have given our listeners an insight into the overall scope of food laws and role of the fssai in india i look forward to hosting you again on our podcast to explore these ideas in more depth and in detail thank you samyukta